knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Saddle hunters, if you are thinking of replacing some old gear, maybe getting some new gear, or if you just haven't gotten into saddle hunting yet and still are considering it, now is a great time to head over to our friends at tetherednation.com and take advantage of all the gear they have on Deal Alert. I'm sure you can find anything that you need Probably the best resource as far as like your one-stop shop to get all of your saddle needs taken care of. I, of course, run their Phantom Saddle this year, ran the Manus Saddle last year, used the Predator platform. I use a bunch of their Daisy Chain equipment. Basically, everything I use from a saddle perspective uh, is from Tethered. And the reason being is that it's light, it's dependable, and number one, and the first and foremost, is I can trust it with my life. So be sure to head over to TetheredNation.com and check out all their gear. Also, this entire fall, they put out a ton of hunts on their YouTube channel. If you're interested in checking out the three episodes uh, from my Missouri hunt, you can head over to the Tethered YouTube channel and check those out. This podcast is brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. Skull Brew Coffee roasts premium single-origin coffee guaranteed to deliver the freshest coffee directly to your doorstep. The kicker? They're 2% for conservation certified and donate 10% of their proceeds back to organizations who support the interests of our hunting community. So go to SkullBrewCoffee.com and pick up one of their three killer roasts and fuel your hunt and fill more tags with Skull Brew Coffee. Welcome to the Truths from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 210. Today I'm joined by my buddy, the bow hunting fiend, for part two of our conversation. We're talking all about late season and loose plans for 2021. So stay tuned. All right, all right, all right. What is up, everyone? Happy Wednesday, too. Hope you are doing well. Hope you are feeling fine. Also, a very Merry Christmas to you and yours, and a Happy New Year. If you don't celebrate those two holidays, then happy whatever it is that you celebrate. How's that for for covering everything from a PC perspective? Um, 
Yeah, Christmas holiday is through. We are officially into into late season here in Pennsylvania. Uh, everything kind of opened back up the day after Christmas. Um, I just kind of was kicking it and relaxing, um, and and hoping to get back out in the timber here in the next couple of weeks. We'll see what we'll see what happens there. But I did just get uh, recently get a um, a, trail, a trail camera photo on a cell camera um, of one of my target bucks from this past year, and I wasn't sure if any of these deer were going to kind of show up in this general in this general area. It's it's really more set up for pre-rut and rut and i'm just kind of it's a cell camera i leave it up year round for right now just to kind of monitor what's going on because this piece was brand new to me and uh lo and behold yesterday i'm recording this on sunday or this upfront on sunday so <clears throat> it was saturday so it was the day that late season came in uh it was after shooting like, it was like eight o'clock or something like that one of my target bucks came through and um you know which good sign he made it through gun season so that's always a positive but he came through with a busted up rack um so he was uh he was doing a little fighting and this is one of the deer i haven't seen him probably since the third week of october at least on this on this particular camera so not sure where he went to looks like he was there early and then he's back now late but was gone pretty much you know most of of rut if you will um so that's kind of uh that's kind of a little bit interesting. So what that tells me possibly is that he, that he, he may make that area his home in general, um, except for those couple weeks where he takes an excursion. So it might be a deer that I can hunt earlier in the season if he makes it through, uh, to next year, but, uh, going to keep this up front pretty short. Uh, have a cool show for you today. Just a couple housekeeping things that I want to make mention of one. Um, as you guys know, I've built a travel trailer, um, during the course of last year, I hunted in it in Missouri and, and a couple out of state adventures this past year. There'll be more <laughs> things coming with that as far as like hunts and scout scouting trips and stuff like that with it. But what I didn't do when I wrapped it up was I didn't do kind of a wrap up and unveil like the entire thing, like how it's set up and how I use it and what all, where, all, where all the different pieces of gear go and what I'm using for power and all those things and, and, and basically how, how I was going to live out of it. So um, I Recently, just did a video. It should be coming out Thursday, so tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, um, that kind of gives you the recap of like the entire build and how I actually use it and how it functioned overall, you know, and what pieces I might want to update um, for next year, some things that I might want to change. So, head over to the YouTube channel, the Truth from Stand YouTube channel. Give a uh, give a sub there if you haven't already, but be on the lookout for that video coming out. And then also, uh, if you head to my Instagram page, the Truth from the Stand Instagram page, and go to my link in bio, there is some Truth from the Stand merch, T-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, you know, a bunch of a bunch of different stuff in a link um, within my within my bio. So go over and check that out as well. So with that, we're going to jump into today's show. As I mentioned before, this is part two with my buddy Greg Litzinger. Uh, we spent some time together here at the house, recorded for <clears throat> several hours, like three hours. So this is the second part of that. And really what we talk about today is 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 late season. Um, it's a struggle of mine. It seems to be a struggle of, of Greg's as well. And so we talk about that a little bit and what his plans are for that. We also kind of dive into just, you know, nonchalantly, I guess, or kind of off the cuff, just, you know, having good hunting buddies um, and how important, how important they are, especially whenever you're struggling and stuff like that. And then we also get into just some loose 2021 plans and what our what our year looks like for for next year it's never too early to start uh to start prepping for that so with that i want to thank you all for listening all right folks we are back from our from our bio break yes yes we're feeling much better now felt like my back teeth were floating yeah. man it was <laughs> i ain't gonna lie like i, I was waiting for you i was like i'm not gonna quit i was like i'll wait till clint calls it 
Dude, what you don't realize is I'm wearing a diaper. <laughs> so it's like, I could have gone all day. I just tried to do you a solid. <laughs> this, this chair's wet for some reason. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, what we're going to jump into here next is we kind of covered your PA hunts, your early season jersey hunts. Um, but you're still holding some tags in jersey, right? Yeah, Jersey's a state you can kill five or six bucks. I was going to say, I didn't even think they gave out tags. I thought you could just shoot as many as you see. That Some was... spots, I think you can. <laughs> but so you got a couple You got a couple tags you're holding yet. What's your, uh, what's your plan for late season? Like, I, I lament this all the time because my late season plan always sucks. Same here. Um, I shoot a lot of days. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the goal, as has it been for like the past decade, is... People don't judge me on this one. I've never killed a buck in January. Um, like, uh, I don't think ever. Uh, it's probably been a, over a decade since I've seen a mature buck actually walking in daylight. In January? Yeah. Like, we have a long gun season. Like, right now in December, our, our six-day firearm just concluded. But there's a bunch of doe days, muzzleloader days. And in January, same thing. There's long stretch clips of gun hunting. Right. And... Baiting's legal in Jersey, so these does are just transitioned to bait piles. So it's very difficult um, to see a buck because mm -hmm. it's just you know whose bait piles get the freshest bait basically. And, right. And some of the woods, you know, the salt marsh isn't too bad, but it's just a whole nother cold down there. It's oh, when yeah. you're in there. It's, I mean, I got some pretty good gear, and it it's awful. Yeah. You know, it, it really. And the best time that you go out to these bucks when it's coldest, but you're on these little flats. It's just, I mean, the wind's blowing so hard, you know, and it's so cold, like an hour and a half, two hours, and you're just done. You're right. just toast. So it's it's very challenging from a, a weather standpoint. Right. You what know? do you what are you prioritizing, like, when, during late season for you? You know, because, like, I mean, you always hear, like, the classic, like, food, 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 yeah. food, food, right? And for me, it's like I don't really have significant food sources, right? Browse. And And at this point of the year, Unless you've got like a red oak yeah. or something like that that's that dropped really yeah. late and didn't rot at this point, you know, or whatever the case is, you're you're really kind of limited to whatever kind of yeah, you know, browse you have going. Is that what you're kind of prioritizing? Yeah, it's, it's, um like Hunt Majani prioritized browse even during the season. You know, acorns and, and crops are king. But before they get to the acorns and crops, they Transition will transition areas and yeah, stuff. they will just yeah. eat. For me, it's sticker bushes. I started like hanging out with Johnny and and like double longer. We were saying, you you see how they pick up on what they're eating, feeding, and how they're nipping on things, and mm -hmm. you know. So for me, it's there's a lot of briars in the, in the marsh that somebody's deer are just bedding in when they're coming out. You just look for little hair clumps on mm -hmm. the you know the sticker bushes, the briars, and look where they're actually nipping on the briars. If they're nipping on the briars, that means they're either you know feeding in there before they go somewhere else, or they're actually bedding and feeding. Like in, in these briar patches. Right. And I've, you know, I've been running some cameras here these last couple of years and I really just struggle. I mean, it's, it's awful. And I, I mean, I, I got a great schedule. I've done it noon every day. I can hunt literally every day, which, you know, my wife's pretty rad. She lets me, she indulges my, you know, stupidness. Right. Uh, but I'll wait for like a couple cold streaks and I'll go out and, and I'll see does after does after does. And you're like, and there's standing corn or some standing beans that was never cut. And I'll hunt there four days in a row. And 
Not one buck. And it's the coldest mm-hmm. part of December or January. It's just right. Nothing. You don't put a camera out there. They're just not even there. Like, how are they not there? There's like standing corn or standing, you know, bean still. Right. It's just dozens of does. And you're like, you're telling me there's not one buck. <laughs> not one. <laughs> not one. It's like, even the camera's like, hey, maybe it's 2 a.m. or nothing. It's really? like, it's so frustrating, you know, and because you know the deer are there, but the bucks aren't. I mean, so I just go, you know, the old doe missions, and I'll just, just start whacking a bunch of does because I'm freezing, and I just, <laughs> just, just want to shoot out. something, get get the hell out of the woods. It's, it's crazy, too, because, man, there's some guys like Johnny, late like Johnny, for example. Dude is a, is a beast during late season. Like, for me, personally, it's like, if I haven't killed a buck by, like, the second week of November, <laughs> just waving the white flag. <laughs> but yeah, man, you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, this year a little bit different because we could hunt a little bit longer in this, in my area, special regs unit, you could hunt, yeah. you know, the weeks between, um, statewide, yeah, you know, PA's archery to the, like, to the beginning of gun yeah. season. Cause I don't think you've ever been able to do that in this region before. Don't quote me on that. I don't exactly recall. Um, but this year, at least you could hunt the, those weeks in between where yeah. historically you weren't able to. And that's not statewide because most of the state closes. Yeah. I think it was this year on like the 15th. They gave us that last Sunday or whatever. Yeah. And then you are done until rifle season opens. This special regs unit, I could hunt up through. And so I did like two different hunts before, like my shoulder required me to call it, call it quits. But at that point, it's like, if I don't have a tag filled, I'm usually like palms up. Like, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do because I don't yeah. have a great late season plan. And you know? like my job too, it's like, it's my busy season. So I don't, you know, from Black Friday to like the 5th of January, I'm pretty much working 512s. Right. So my time in the woods is awful. So these last three years have been really rough. Um, because I put out cameras, but it's like a quick, all right, like a half a day, you know, so right. I put out cameras and I feel like really rushed this year. I was like, man, I'm going to put them out before I start. And I didn't, man, I didn't. you know, it's like, <laughs> eh. so I'll put them out now. I think I'm gonna go out one day this week. Um, uh, maybe Wednesday go hunting. I got a couple of cameras and you know, make sure they're still there after gun season and see if anything's on it, you know, that- and, and throw a hunt at it. Odds are there's nothing back there, but maybe I'll get lucky and be like, hey, look, there's actually a deer. <laughs> a deer. Yeah, I mean, what I've started doing a little bit of, and we were talking about this when you showed up, when you got here today, because um, I was talking about a scout and a new piece, is what I start doing during late season now more than anything is I start slash scouting slash hunting new areas. I'm hunting, yes, if I find something that I'm like, ooh, yeah, or if I see a buck and I'm like, ooh, let me get into a position, see if I can capitalize, or if I find a good food source, or if I find some tracks near an oak tree that the that the acorns aren't rotted or whatever, yeah, then I'll set up or whatever. But a lot of times I'm just kind of still hunting, looking at rut sign, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Going like, okay, mark this on my map, mark this on my map. I need to come back here, maybe hang a camera, you know, this off season and see if I can, or this, you know, summer, see if there's, you know, what's kind of, spending time in this area or, or hang it and just let it for, during the rut to see if it's like, okay, when does it turn on? Is it mm-hmm. actually good or decent bucks here or whatever? I've started using that to start to make a plan for the following year. I'd much prefer to be out like hunting something. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing about this water access piece that I have where I don't know that it's going to turn completely off. I mean, I think the crazy movement mm-hmm. is going to turn off. It, it, it's already has. I mean, they yeah. picked back up here the second rut a little bit you know started seeing more movement but because it is just so 
stupid thick mm-hmm. that there there's is plenty of browse. You yeah. get that thick, there's always something to nip on, you know, munch on. And what we were talking about after we took our bio break and we were talking about just, you know, I'm always when I have good buddies like you and just guys that I that are really good hunters, I always ask like, hey, objectively, like you know me pretty well. We've scouted together, you know, you know how I like to hunt, you know, what do I need to work on? Like what are some areas for improvement? And like we were talking about how certain times like we'll strangle ourselves because we get so rigid in an area because we know it because we know the information. Right. Whereas you were, you were telling me what I, things I already knew, but haven't applied, (laughs) you know what I mean? Which was like, you're like, dude, you go out of state and you either kill deer or you're seeing deer getting encounters or whatever, because you go out and you just kind of like get after it and do whatever, you know, expectations. Yeah. And you're just reading the sign, you know, and figuring it out you were like, you need to kind of marry that with like, you know, having some information about a piece, yeah. but not get so locked in to, to spots because you think that it can only happen here, mm-hmm. you know? And so with that advice, <laughs> I'm going to actually do that and kind of look around this piece and try yeah. to hunt around this, where I had that big deer at and see if I can't either one locate him, which may or may not yeah. happen. I'm going probably not because I don't think he's around any longer. Yeah. I think he transitioned back to wherever his, summer range was at or wherever his winter range is or whatever. I think he specifically just spends time there during pre-rut and rut and that's it. Um, but I am going to, I think I know where like some bucks or he was betting potentially. And I think I'm going to go hunt around that. Cause I think it'll be good all mm-hmm. year for other bucks that are going to make that place their home. Um, and so I'm going to use that time to kind of hunt those, hunt those areas. And maybe that'll help me be a little less rigid. Cause I feel like if I would have been less rigid this year and been willing to move more to find mm-hmm. him, I probably would have found him. Yeah, I think the one salt marsh area I hunt, they it closes down early for archery. Like mm-hmm. the you know, it's a permits are in like three or four weeks. Yeah, it closes down you know two weeks for gun season, and gun season's real light because they had a, some EHD mm-hmm. a few years ago. I'm on a spot I've been looking at the map. I'm like, this is probably a good spot because I kind of like write it off after the rut. I'm like, yeah, I'm not hunting down there. Right, yeah, it's a far drive. It's you know, shitty weather usually, but there's a thing there's no pressure it's like you know what you know i want to go give that you know a, a good once over because i've never really gone i've scouted in like february or march but never really hunted in january or gave mm-hmm. it an actual thought and like i said hunting with johnny and you the browse i'm like there's plenty of little brows on these islands there's some sticker bushes i mean they'll eat anything green you know right. for the most part and some spots got some oaks i'm like there's got to be some bucks hanging out there because you know they had you know, pretty much six there's six weeks of very limited, very little hunting pressure, you know? Right. You know, because you get the six-day farms and they're a doe-day muzzler, but they're real short. Right. So the hunting pressure is probably light, I would think, you know? Right. And unless you got some goose hunters or whatever, but I don't, they're not really coming in the woods, you know? Nah, I mean, you'd only be bothered with those if you were near like a cut cornfield yeah. somewhere or like so some water. I'm going to give that, give that a whirl looking for food and maybe I can, you know, matter of fact, where I found that big shed last year, that's one of those mm. spots where okay. I say, you know what? He was in there, and I talked to my buddy Todd, you know, UP bow hunter, and he was like, "If there's guys running dogs for rabbits, you know, if you hate your dog, you'll send them into giant sticker briars for rabbits." Right? Because most guys don't hate their dogs, and it got me thinking. I'm like, that's probably why that buck was in there. You know, kind of, it's off the field edges. You know, it's halfway between you know some islands. Why mm-hmm. go all the way to an island where there's no food when I can just hang out right here? You know, and I got a little bit of browse. There's some oaks you know, a couple of yards away, but most guys really won't send their dogs in there, you know, 
I, I've never seen guys and their dogs in there. I know they, right. they hunt shit out across the street, but I'm like, hmm, maybe that's what he's doing. You know, trying to find those small little spots where a buck might hang out. Right, know? right. Well, the fact that you found the hammer shed in there speaks to the fact that like he was in there during and super that, late season. And that <laughs> stuff, I don't even know how he's in there. Like It is so bad. I literally crawl on my hands and knees, and I am bleeding. Like when I leave there, even with like long sleeves on, like it's got my neck, you know, like it's awful. Hit the, the fact, jugular. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like how I even got in there with that shed is like, how? Right. <laughs> it's like, it's just a wall of briars, you know, like, right. and it's just, it's unreal. But I'm like, that's why he's probably there. You know, yeah. he's got brows, he's got some food. There's good cover, yeah. great cover, you know. Right. I don't know how he's getting out of there if something's coming at him. <laughs> he's just spider webbed in yeah, there. He's just, pretty much. He gave up on life when yeah. he went in there. He's like, hey, I'm either living or dying in yeah. here because I ain't leaving yeah. until this thing comes off my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's funny, man. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. You know, I I really want to kill. I've killed deer in like last years. You know, this year killed a really good buck in November. So I've killed them September, October, November. I want to use a gun hunt, killed one in December. It's like January is still holding strong. It's the last stronghold. Like, eh, no, <laughs> not happening. I'm just hoping I can actually get out for late season. But yeah, I'm hoping my shoulder starts to square up to where I can actually and buy a lighter bow. I did. I dropped the poundage on this one a little bit. Like, no, I'm, a lighter mass. Oh, a lighter bow. mass. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I already changed bows once this, this year. I don't want to do it. Carbon fiber bow. That's what I bought. It's been light day difference. Really? Oh, yeah. What are you shooting again? The carbon icon. Yeah. yeah it's, shoots well at 70. I'm <laughs> yeah, I mean. And it's super light. Like it's And it's cold. Like, actually, I had an old diamond carbon when I first, you know, when I worked at Cabela's. I, you know, one came in that was, quote, unquote, blown up. It wasn't put in the barn cave. I was like, oh, 100 bucks. Sure, I'll buy it. You know, right. nothing wrong with it. And that was great. I shot at Winter Bow one year. Killed like three does. And just don't get cold. You know, granted, it's not a, you know, a high end. Doesn't have latest and greatest technology in it. Right. It's carbon. It's light, and it doesn't really get super cold. Right. And, and it kills. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. it's the criteria for yeah, a boat. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it is it kill. you know the what Hoyer PSE has? No, but it's three point two pounds, and I I weigh it down with the weight I want. Right. Because you know, I mean, most bows. If a bow's over four pounds, I don't want nothing to do with it. By the time I put my accessories quiver in there, I'm looking at six or seven pounds. I ain't got time for that. Right. And I was just, Montana, that bell was great. Carried around. It was like super light, like, ah, yes. You right. know, it's like nothing to it. I've always been intrigued by those gearhead bows. Yeah. Just for that per- for that reason alone. Like, they're so small, so light. They yeah. shoot good. They're wide. They're I, super stable. Yeah, I shot one at... The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Uh, Harrisburg the one year I shot one funny story about that was I was standing there you know the guy was giving there was a couple dudes standing in front of me and the guy that works for Gearhead was going over like the specs with them or whatever hey this is like the blah 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 this axle to axle draw length you know just the guys were had had questions whatever and so I was just listening to him because I had read about him online and stuff like that 
I'd never shot one at that point. And I was like, oh, go over and shoot this. So there's like an older fellow there that the guy's talking to about it. And um, if you've ever been to the Harrisburg show, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of window shoppers. Yes. In Harrisburg. Like they come around, they touch all the stuff, they ain't buying shit. Yeah. You know. This guy you could tell wasn't buying anything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean not nothing for nothing. He was an older fella, you know what I mean? He's worth seven point two million, you know. <laughs> Might have been, you know what I mean? But he didn't get that by buying two thousand dollar bows either, you know what I mean? So True. You know, so chances of that dude like he had there was a better chance he was gonna go over to like the booth over and buy a crossbow than he was gonna buy that gearhead yeah. bow. You know. Um, so are you judging somebody on their appearance, Clint? I am. Always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go through life judging on appearance and working off a of, off yeah. of stereotypes. Yeah. You know? Like that's <laughs> look at me <laughs> look at me now. You know? I have a saying. People don't get stereotypes because they fall outside the norm. Yeah. <laughs> they get them because there is a there is a very identifiable pattern that people latch on to. You know, no, it's funny. I have a story for that too, <laughs> but we won't go there today. Um, no, so the guy gives him the spiel and he says, and we're getting way off the topic here, but the guy gives him the spiel and and he's like, oh, and the guy walks away. And puts the bow down, and th- and they're all sitting there where you can pick up the bows yeah. at Harris. But for anyone who's never been there, like it's it's Very the biggest feeling. Yeah, it's a, it's the biggest consumer show, yeah. outdoor consumer show in the country, right? It's like something close to like a quarter of a million people pass through in the world. It? Well, it possibly could be in the world because I don't imagine there'd be bigger ones somewhere else. But I know for sure in the U.S. it's the biggest consumer show, outdoor consumer show. And so every brand is there. They're selling their stuff. You know what I mean? You can go and get a bunch of really good discounts. It's not happening this year because of the pandemic. Um, so, you know, a lot, so if you're selling bows, people are like picking up bows and there's a range you can go and shoot them. Right. And so if you want to legit pull it back, you go to the range and they've got one set up for you and there's a guy there, they clip you in, you know, and you can pull it back and whatever. So the guy hands the guy, the bow to look at, he turns his back for like one second to talk to someone else. And I'm watching cause I was working the Exodus booth and I'm watching this guy grab the bow with fingers, yes. right? Yes. And he starts like pulling on, he's struggling to get it back. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. Yeah. And he can't hardly get it back. And he finally gets it back. I mean, I'm sure it's hurting his fingers. Yeah. Right. You know, he's getting it back. And all of a sudden you just hear, bam, like he completely lets it go. Dry fires the bow in front of like the entire group of people. Yes. Like the guy that works at Gearhead about crapped himself, yeah. you know what I mean? Blows this $2,000 bow up. <laughs> was amazing and then i went and shot one and it shot really good yeah it's i didn't like, shoot that one i didn't but. shoot that one you know but i ended up shooting in string angle is a little weird yeah you know not gonna lie so um, some of, they have some ones are like 32 inches mm-hmm. like, i think i shot note, the the micros are like 18 that's weird. i think that's the 20. one i, I yeah, think I, like, I think i shot the 20 is what i shot because i think 20 inches don't you know, someone out there might know better than me. And if you do like message me and tell me, cause I would, I'm just generally curious about this answer, but I think in Pennsylvania, you can't shoot a bow that is shorter than like 20 inches axle to axle or something like that. It's possible. I feel like, I feel like certain States have regulations on the length of bow. Yeah, axle, if there's one PA would have it. If there was a state that had it, you can only shoot, <laughs> PA would you be can only state. shoot a 20 inch or smaller axle, axle bow. On Tuesdays. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Every third Sunday, you're good. Yeah. So <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, man. Um, anyway, man, let's talk a little bit now about next next year. What your plans are, what your plans are for next year. Like, cause you know, 
knowing that we both love late season as much as we do yes. and have like premium success during it's late exciting. season. Um, you know, I just mentioned I start turning the page, not fully. If I can get out the hunt, I'm going to and I'm going to try to kill something. I just don't know if that's going to be the case. But I do honestly start turning the page and start thinking about next year and making plans and start, you know, figuring out what I'm going to do. Not just from like a scout some new areas, yeah. scout hunt, but also even just looking at places of like, okay, I want to go scout this spot because I've never been here. And then I actually even start looking at other states and start figuring out what that might even start to look like too. So what's your what's your plan for next year loosely? Same as every year. Yeah. Try and find big deer and kill them following fall and not irritate my wife to the point I can't go out come fall. Right. Now, uh, I said the, the, I'm actually, is being found, man. Now, like, it's some of my spots in the salt marsh that are like way out there and I got to take the canoe, ride the tide out. I'm probably going to shelve them for a year or two um, and hunt a little closer to home because. Mm-hmm. Even just to scout it and just stuff like it's it's tough. Like my wife's homeschooling the kid. Like I, we don't know this will be doing this next year. Like who, right. who knows? So there's a couple. You know, I'm gonna go back to what's called a hunt, hunting thunder gut. I'm gonna poke in there a little bit. It's mm-hmm. big wood setting ish. You know, the swamps and 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 whatnot, laurels. But really dive into that the that area again because it's mm-hmm. it's literally ten minutes from my house. Right. You know, if I get cameras, I can check a dozen cameras. There's a few cart roads and stuff like that. I can ride my bike. I can cover a lot of ground fast. Right. The pressure's insane. I mean, I killed my biggest deer out of there. I've killed, a, you know, quite a few deer out of there. And my buddy's killed some, there's some really nice deer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's as close. Um, and I just feel from a, like a, a family obligation standpoint. Yeah. You know, when I get out of the woods, like my wife's like, what time you be home? And, and even like in the early season, like I gotta be at work at four o'clock in the morning, and my salt marsh spots. I mean, it's I'm thirty forty minutes away. Right. There's one way, so I'm getting out of woods at eight <laughs> when it gets dark or seven thirty, and I'm half hour deep. You know, right? Like I don't really, I can't really hunt it, you know, until later in the season anyway, because when the, when the things shift. So I'm trying yeah. to maximize my time in the woods. So I'm gonna spend some time closer to home. Even, few of the smaller pieces mm-hmm. piece I, I used to hunt a lot i kind of got away from i'll still run some cameras in the marsh you know and and check it out this year because this year was just off i don't know if the deer were killed during gun season or ehd or what but right i'm i know where they are you know i know what ditches they crawl so i'll go still you know give it a whirl next year but i don't know if i'm gonna like this year i really went fully in on them and it was like oh right burn <laughs> yeah <laughs> swing and a miss yeah <laughs> and I know, like a thunder gut, like what piques my interest with the uh, thunder gut again. I kind of shits and giggles. I I went out there what, right before um, what's that that Monday before Thanksgiving, and I kind of set up in a spot. I'm like, oh, there's you know a little creek. I'll just go up this creek bed and get set up. I was like walking in, you know, right at dark, scout my way right at daybreak, you know, doing the old Johnny Stewart special, mm-hmm. yeah, and just looking for sign. And I was gonna sit. From you know daybreak to two or whatever, and uh, end up setting up. I see this giant laurel patch. I get you know set up, and then there's this giant rub right in front of me. I start looking, and it says laurel patch. It kind of like tapers down a little bit, like forty yards or fifty yards wide. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets real big. It's almost like a little funnel. Right. It's like is that a funnel? I'm looking. I'm like I'm only like ten foot off the ground. Like I'm literally in the laurels. I'm like this looks like a funnel. So I get down, and it's five foot tall. Like it's really thick hmm. with some of the stuff is, and I'm like. So I go across and it's, I mean, 
I think I posted a thing on Instagram like that. That rub is like, you know, there's time marks up at my, you know, nipple height. So it's Jeez. like, you get high nipples too. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Except, <laughs> so, you know, the breast surgery I had years right, ago, you know, right, right. But, uh, and then I found out like a few more and they're just coming through this laurel patch because it's pretty much it's open timber, open timber. It's like, I call them hidden funnels. You know, it's like, right. it's, you look on a map, you won't see it. Yeah. You literally have to boost on the ground. It's like, and there's like random patches and everybody's like hunting out this way. And there's a deal you know, swamp here and big rub line along the swamp. I'm like, yeah, all right. And now, you know, the air of cameras, I can put cameras out and, you know, and verify what's yeah, going on. But yeah. I, I think I can get more time in the woods. Um, it's closer to home and it's just another added challenge. Cause it's a really difficult piece to hunt. Like, right. Um, I don't know why I make it harder than I need to do already, but I just, uh, I just want to hunt more and drive less, you know, save right. my drive time for, for PA. Right. You know, Cause you know, I was off for three weeks this year hunting pretty much straight and it's, it's stressful for my wife, you know, yeah. cause I'm just not home, you yeah. know, and up at dark, back at dark sleeping. Yeah. And this year too, like hunting at home, like I want to save my, my weeks, you know, go away. Vaca- like I did the Montana, I did a week mm-hmm. PA, like, I don't know how I'm still married, <laughs> right? <laughs> but when I hunt at home, I can't do all day sits. Mm-hmm. I literally have to be selective because I can't, I don't feel comfortable because I go away a lot. I don't feel comfortable with my wife having to do all that work. You know, right. I just, I don't know. Uh, yeah. If you're listening to hunt, huh? Right. huh? <laughs> uh, but it, it's tough for me because she'll text me, ah, oh, the, the kids and that or Colette, you know, or, or stuff. It's like, I feel like I should be there more. So I'm going right. to stick my, spend more time just hunting half a day at home. Yeah, no, I get that, man. Because I mean, I'm, look, my daughter's twelve; she'll be thirteen this, this September. You know, so she's past that point of like needing, yeah. way past like, the point of like needing me. the, <laughs> yeah, needing constant help. But it's still, I totally get what you're saying. Like, it weighs on me, especially like whenever, like every Saturday, I'm yeah. hunting all day, every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, knowing that it's like the one day that I have, you know, because Sunday for us, it's like you know, if you have a family stuff like that, yeah. Sunday becomes like preparing everything for the week. You know what I mean? To to be at work, school, whatever, you know, and so it's really just kind of getting stuff done. Oh, that's because you guys can't hunt on Sunday. Or I would be hunting Sunday, <laughs> yes. You are correct. So the, uh, so I totally get what you're saying to where it's like, even though she doesn't need like help with Anna or whatever, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm just missing that time with yes. her. You know what I mean? Of like being around, being around her and hanging out and doing whatever. And so I kind of, kind of feel the same way that, and I leave for multiple weeks at a time as well, yeah. you know, where it's like, she's, home you know by themselves and stuff like that and you know i'm not here to to help out with anything i'm here to annoy them yeah exactly but i totally get what you're saying with the drive time too because that was one of the other things where that where that really good deer was at like that for me is a you know from where i live specifically is like 30 to 40 minute drive depending you know and then you know a 15 minute kayak ride in and then the hike once i get to out of the kayak is only like five minutes you know what i mean but it's like 25 minutes total. Like, I mean, if you add up like getting the kayak out yeah. and you know what I mean? And like getting it loaded and me in the water or whatever, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a 35 yeah. minute ordeal just to get the kayak in the water into the spot. Yeah. You know, another thing I, I plan on doing is, you know, my buddy, UP bow hunter there. And we talked about going to the pine barrens and I hunt pine barrens for years. I've lost a big deer and I've missed like two big deer 
it's a it's a tough area to hunt like a lot of gun clubs mm-hmm. and we've been like bat you know bouncing the idea around and his buddy is a good filmer you know travels around he's mm-hmm. filmed for tv shows a few times and we might be working on a you know oh, the pine, cool. a piney project we call it right because there's a lot of history in the pine barrens if anybody's from new jersey you know the hunting clubs hunting traditions fishing it's it's very um hunting it's big there they drive you right. know pot hunters you know so the hunting you know draw there is extreme you know mm-hmm. every you're there you hunt it you go ah, cause i live there i lived all around the hunted there it's everybody takes a week shotgun off it's like right. tradi- like pa tradition like you yeah. just do there's it. hunting heritage that's yes spot. and so we been bouncing an idea around we want to both of us want to target you know mature buck out of pine barrens and for me that will literally be the last area in new jersey that i haven't killed a mature buck in really the mountains salt marsh so it's like literally like the you know i called them because you, know, you got the mountains and you know, you got the urban i've done um big woods i've done Salt marsh I've done, you know, swamp mm-hmm. I've done basically. Yeah, I call it like the, the like the big five. It's our little right. big five. So that's one thing I would like to have because deer are significantly smaller body wise. You hmm. know, there's just not a lot of food. You know, right. scrub oaks and they'll get some crazy looking antlers because it's, it's the genetics are you don't get that swooping curved beams. You just kind of go up. It's weird looking, but right. they'll get big. But they got like German shepherds with horns is what <laughs> a lot of people call them. Like 120, 140 pound deer is big. Oh wow. But nice. it have 120 inches of antler. So it's like, no, it's, it looks just, huge. Yeah. It's, it's proportionally. So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this, we want to do it this year, but with the whole Rona bullshit, you know, so yeah. it's a kind okay. of just shelve that. Yeah. You know, put a, put a kink in your works. And the, uh, I think Delaware, I want to kill velvet deer. Actually, I do have a lot of plans. Shit. You do have a lot. I was going to say, you were like, I don't really have any plans. Yeah. And all of a sudden, as we go, it's <laughs> yeah. like, there's a lot of but, plans. Because Delaware's got an uh, early season, like September 2nd. I think it opens the first or second. Right. And uh, Kill Velvet Deer would be neat. Yeah, that would, that's something I would like I would like to do. Because, um, like, southern Delaware, there's a lot of big tracks of timber. That's a lot of public in Delaware. Mm-hmm. But the chickens are awful. Oh, yeah. But... If you can shoot 120, 130 inch deer in velvet, I'll take a few big bug bites. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I, I would like to find. I mean, there's just not a lot close to my house to like even shorten my drive. That's yeah. worth hunting. Put it yeah. that way. You know, I've checked out most everything. I'm going to expand to some new spots this year, which is why I kind of have the trailer so I can go yeah. out. And the hardest part for me was trying to go out and scout somewhere a little further away even just locally, even if it's just only an hour or two hours away from here or whatever, it's, I don't want to go out and like have to drive there and scout all day and then come home. You only get one day to scout, yeah. right? It's like, I want to be able to scout multiple so I can go make two trips and kind of know what I need to know, hang cameras and go back to hunt it, you know? And so that's what I'm going to do this year. I've kind of looked at two particular areas and where are they being? What's your GPS coordinates? Yeah, those would be in uh, southern Pennsylvania and southwest Pennsylvania. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I have some I, I have some intel on the one spot, and I actually have a buddy um, who I'm going to have on the show here at some point, who's not too awful far from where those are at, and and that's kind of I've had two kind of confirmations or point of yeah. validation to know that there's good deer in these these areas of people who have hunted it, scouted it in the past not the exact spot that I'm going, but just the general region. So I know good hunting is possible yeah. in, in that spot. So that's kind of my plan, at least for PA, like loosely this year, yeah. you know, I'll, we'll talk about that stuff more as we get closer to, you know, the true off season. And then 
definitely going to Kansas this year. That's like a, you know, should be, you know, pulling a tag this year. Yeah. I bought a point last year and you oh, yeah. basically, you know, you have an 80% chance to yeah. draw, I think, even when you don't have a point, Yeah, you know, so if you have a point, I bought one last year cause I knew for sure I wanted to go to Kansas this year. So I just bought a point last year and I, I'll be able to draw this year. I just don't know where I'm going yet. Like I know it's, it's going to be public. Um, what time of year? Don't a hundred percent know. Probably going to go around that same, like, you know, rut time period. I would like to so go. When you kill your big deer around here, you're going to just wipe that off the board. What's that? The, the time you should kill your big deer around here, you're just going to just wipe that off the board. Like, oh, you know what? yeah, I know that's the problem. Well, what I might end up doing is um, timing it out just a little bit differently. Like, I, so this is the thing, like, you know, and if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, like you'll probably already know this about me, but like, I like to go to, I like to ha- travel and hunt, not just because I like to try to go find, you know, even, you know, better deer than what we have around here or whatever, but I also like just learning a new spot, you know, and I don't know anything about Kansas. So I don't even know, you know, historically, like what the best dates would be to even be there. You, know, you always know, like, yeah, beginning of November. Yes, I get it. You know, but we know regionally in specific areas, right. Things kind of pop off at different times and stuff Where, like that. Yeah, the Spartan Forge would come into play. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. he's looking at the data that's telling yeah. you like when they're really moving and stuff like that. So it'll be in November sometime. What I'm hoping is, is that I can locate an area that I feel really good about maybe going the second and third week in November. I don't know when their gun season comes in either. So it's like well, I'm yeah. trying to avoid that, you know. Um, yeah, a couple of days prior, people be scouting, doing all that ex- stuff. Exactly. Cause what I would like to do is be able to hunt around here that prime time well like the last like three days of october essentially yeah. you know what i mean because i feel like that's what the traditions kind of told me this year that's you know the whole northeast that's just a great time to be in the woods yeah the last three days of october and the first two days of november is usually money and that was exactly what my cameras told me this year like on the new spots as you're driving to missouri Oh, a hundred percent. I was sitting here working actually like, you know, knowing that I couldn't go hunt and my phone on like the 30th and the 31st was just blow. Cause it was a cell camera that I had placed. It was just blowing up like shooter after shooter. I mean that one, I already said at the beginning passed through yeah. multiple times over the course of two days, but there were like two or three other shooters that I had seen at yeah. different moments through the year that showed up during that time frame too. Yeah, that's because John so, and I talked about, cause you know, the last couple of years, his camera intel out there, and the last three days of October has been good. So, I might head out to PA, you know, because Halloween's on Sunday, so I can't hunt on Sunday. So I'm like, I can right. just leave, you yeah. know, I hunt in three days, you know, and then come home, spend some time doing late, and then come back like November fifth, yeah, for like four days, because like I said, there's those little windows, those two or three day windows, yeah, uh, and that's where like I said good intel years of intels and yeah. what he's seeing what i'm seeing you know it just it makes planning your hunt a little bit easier because like all right traditionally you know that, that four-day window well, all right odds are that four days is going to be better than the two days prior i'm like well the two days i can spend with the wife the old lady you know do family stuff be the family yeah. man be the hero yeah. go kill buck go kill big buck come back be the hero again right you know? <laughs> just being a hero yeah. man <laughs> So that, those are those are my plans. You know, I don't know. Plus, killing killing a buck coming into a scrape, especially a big buck, is probably one of the coolest things. Yeah, yeah, you can do. Have them work it over. Have them come into it. It's like coming into their bed when there's just certain things. You're like, I'm right here. The scrape's right there. This is what they're gonna do. It's and, just so cool. To watch. I mean, even if it's not a big one, like I've I've had the opportunity to watch 
last year I watched a pretty good one work work yep. a scrape, um, actually in Pennsylvania. And then this year, that primary scrape that I hunted with that water access, yep. like I had a young buck walk in. I mean, read the script, yep. Yep. you know, it's and then awesome, and then you know, and this, yeah. I mean, it's like it was just wrong deer, yep. perfect setup, yep. just wrong deer, you know. And then the next day. On a Sunday, the big one did exactly what that one did in front of me, you know. Yeah. So it's you know just one of those things. But those are my plans for next year. Kansas for sure, PA for sure. Going to do some figuring out in Pennsylvania and, and find some new spots. And you come um, to Southern Delaware with us. Yeah, man, I totally will, man. I have no problem doing. It. I'm always looking for see, doing cool hunts like that and being able to kind of just jump out close to home and being yeah. able to do you yeah, know stuff close. It's, it's is, like is interesting at, to me. It's from my house, it's about two hours. It's, you know, and I live, you know, it's about, it's, it's probably, probably about the same for me because probably I mean, an hour and 30 minutes from the bridge area, mm-hmm. you know, so you can probably make it in two hours, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, I said, it's, it's just a lot of ground, a lot of, a lot of timber tracks. The state does a lot of work with forestry and whatnot. There's yeah. some fields, there's some, there's a little bit of everything. My uncle used to hunt Delaware. Well, he was from Delaware. And then his buddy, I think his name was Jimmy. I haven't talked to Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, I met Jimmy whenever I was like 13. He used to come yeah. up and hunt our, out of our PA hunting camp with my uncle and my, my dad and I. Um, that's how I met him. But my uncle used to live in Delaware and used to always go back and yeah. hunt with his buddy. And then his buddy would come to PA yeah. and hunt or whatever. And they killed great deer yeah. in, in Delaware. There's a few hammers. You know, in certain counties, you know, it's significantly that they're just, you look at the record books, it's like there's certain counties and you're like, well, it's kind of like right. when you get down around that area of uh, the eastern shore in Maryland, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like if someone – because I've heard people say this that have there's hunted a, like – There's a 50-mile stretch where it's like, this is really good deer coming out of there, you know? Well, yeah. It's like that. there's some been some dudes that I've talked to at like trade shows yeah. and stuff like that who have hunted that area that were from the Midwest. Yeah. And they were like, if I fell asleep on an airplane yeah. and someone dropped me off there and I woke up, I would swear I was in Illinois. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's very like the setup is very similar. Yep. Is what I've heard. I've not yes. been there, so I can't speak from firsthand. Yeah, my, but my one taxidermist I was using was in Chesterton. So you're driving in certain parts of Maryland, and I remember like dropping my deer off. And I'm like, oh, look at my 125. Woo! And the guy's like, oh, this guy just shot this down the road. It was like a 158 inch eight pointer with like beer can mass, and you're like, oh, it doesn't look. Mine doesn't look like that. And it's like wow, and the size of it's just massive. You know, yeah. there's just and there's just corn fed. Yep. They got aged genetics and food. Well, yeah, it's like, and I've looked online, like trying to find public around there. There ain't a stitch of public nope. around there. That's it's all leased up and yeah, it's all private or leased yeah. up and stuff like that. Cause I was like, man, if I can even just find like a little cranny yeah. nook or cranny of like a 20 acre, yeah, a couple 20 acre yeah. parcels of public, you know, or borough land yeah. that's allowed to hunt or whatever. You yeah, know, the like, Eastern shore as a kid, they used to, the middle Atlantic fishing game, some of these deer that they were pumping out in the you know nineties and early two thousand were just like that's like two hours from my house you know and right. it's like but trying to get access to these things I mean yeah. I know people that have money that travel all the world hunting they try to get in some of these places because there's like big leases but it's yeah. big money you know yeah. like it, that's just you know different type of money that's a different class of people that are have yeah. access to some of them tracks like yeah you can hunt it but you better have something to give that farmer because them farmers. Usually, like the like the Midwest Iowa, they're millionaires. So it's like I don't yeah. need your ten thousand dollar lease. I'm, right. I have a Lamborghini in my back garage, right. kind of mentality. Well, that too. It's like the thing, a little bit different from like you know East Coast to like yeah. Midwest as far as like leasing and stuff like that. When you get into like you know 
the Eastern shore area. And I don't know this from experience. Yeah. I'm, I'm just guessing, yeah. right? Like you're talking about Washington DC type money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like people who have that type of, of money. So it, it changes like the person who may not be willing to drive and go to Illinois or Iowa because they can only draw every so often. Yeah. will lease a place there because well, I can go hunt it every year and hunt yeah. big deer. And I work for, X, Y, and Z lobby lobbying company or lobbyist group, you know, in DC and make ridiculous money. And so I'm going to lease up five farms down here or whatever. You know, it's just a little, the, the money sway is a little bit, a little bit different. I think it's insane. Like the amount of deer, the the big deer that come out of there. Like I said, it's literally, it's Midwest. You look at him like that's Midwest. Nope. Mm -hmm. And the guy has him. He's like, where's that from? Like "Uh, Iowa. It's like, nope, nope, nope. They're all from around here. You're like, Oh, all right, I guess I failed that test. Right. <laughs> nice, man. Well, we've been rolling here for a good while. I got one more thing to toss out oh, to you. Geez, he's just writing stuff down in the middle of this. Oh, yeah. No, this will be a, this will be a good one, man, because <clears throat> this this will be a good one. You should piss off a lot of people with oh, this. Geez. No. Um, I got this. I, I want to give credit where credit's due, and I don't know if, this, if Chad and those guys originated this, but they asked it to me whenever I was on a podcast on the Exodus podcast, however many months ago it was, it might even been around. No, it wasn't 88. It was when we were out scouting this past winter together. Um, they asked me this question. I, I thought it was interesting. And I like asking people this question. Cause I'm always curious what their answers are. And my answer always changes. Like it always is kind of shifting. So the thing is, is like, you know how, like if you're, you know, they'll do those hypothetical basketball teams where it's like, you're going to play a three on three tournament, you know, and you could have any three basketball players, you know, in the world on your three on three tournament, who would those three basketball players be? Right. They switched it up. And usually when you're thinking about basketball, you're thinking about, well, how do they fit together? It's like, I'm going to want a point guard to run the point Mm -hmm. to like distribute. Right. I'm going to want a guy who's like a really good shooting guard. I don't know how basketball works. Okay. Anyway, different functions. People have different functions on the team, right? Different jobs or things they do well, right. Compliment one another, shoot the ball. Right. (laughs) So the same question, but for hunting, if you were entering a three on three tournament, right. Or you had to build the ultimate three person hunting team for you to win a stupid amount of money. Right. What three hunters would you put on your team? What property, what type of, well, we're going, we're going, we're going public and we're going public where we're going Midwest. So it doesn't matter. Maine, Canada. Doesn't matter. You have to put three people on a team that you would feel confident that could go on public land, no matter what the state is. And could kill deer. Uh, Who would those three people be? I have like you should have like told me about this months ago so I can think this out. This no, no, one. it's better on the spot. Like, man. This is awful. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> is it myself included in three or three plus me? It could be three plus you, or it could be I, I when I did it, I just did three people, not okay. me not included. So okay. I was I'm the GM. I'm trying to build the team. These are the three people I would I would feel most confident in that would be successful. That's a tough one because so many different types of terrain. Who's killed deer in numerous terrains? I'd have to pick Johnny because he's killed whoppers in numerous states in different types of areas and all throughout the year. So Johnny would be on there. I guess I'd probably pick double longer Ricky Mm -hmm. and a third. Mm, it's a big deer. 
And it doesn't have to be anybody. It doesn't have to be people that you know. It yeah. can be anybody. Known, not known, famous, not famous. You know, it's, I'd probably, yeah, I mean, as far as people that I've actually hunted with that, that I've known, I, I'm going to go with people that I've actually spent time in the woods with. Okay. Because um, I'd actually hunted with, it'd be this guy, John Massey's. I used to work with him in Delaware. He's a trapper, really good woodsman. Yeah. You know, there's three, three woodsmen, all, all three of those guys. Um, I don't know how well they get together. <laughs> That's the three getting together. <laughs> they, they might just get drunk and fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as far as the guys that have killed some really good deer and, you know, before technology and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing took over and that I've actually spent time with, you know what? Right. Because hypothetically saying, like, I, I, I'd pick somebody I don't even know because if mm-hmm. we got to hunt like a, as a team, we got to mesh. I know right. I mesh with all three of those guys, right? You know, and they've killed deer. I wish that I could kill. Basically, I look at those guys I'm like, "Wow, oh, you kill!" Right? And people say I kill big deer. No, those three guys kill big deer. That's right. what we're going for. You know, like right? You know, massive old deer. Right? Those guys kill some deer. Get it it's done. like, well, you got no. Yeah. Right. So my three, and it's always kind of changing. Yeah. My three were. Um, was Andy May? Because that dude just kills. He's not fair. That doesn't he, count. He's bro. like a robot. Yeah. Like, he doesn't. It's a little dear that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So mine was Andy May, uh, Joe Rentmeester. He's a killer. He's a killer. And the third one was Zach Farinbaugh. If I had to put three people and say I need dear dead, no matter where I send them, I was like. Those were the three that I would that I would pick. It'd be interesting. Like I like the perspective, the spin you put on it. Though, like three people that I've spent time with. Yes. Like that would be because they say because uh, you know, and like I said, that's a it's like such a loaded question because there's so many people I would love to hunt with. Yeah. You know, and but actually, like I feel more comfortable saying with guys I've actually spent time with in the woods. Yeah. You know, and I know they could definitely you know get it done. Yeah, it's interesting because like I was starting to, I was thinking about that, and the funny thing is, is like, I spend. I'm sorry if I didn't say anybody's name. You're offended. Right, yeah. I just I haven't I haven't really hunted with that many people in my life. Well, that's that's exactly where I was going to go. It's like I've, like I don't. There's only a handful of people that I that I um, I don't want to say willing, but like to spend time with or would spend time with in the woods yeah. because that to me is like I'm trying to get shit done usually yeah. when I'm in the woods and. Um, and, and I don't often like to be with other people because I don't want to have to acquiesce to what they want to do or yeah. what I just want to go do what I think I need to get to do in order to have whatever outcome I think I'm need want to have. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I don't want to say a lone wolf, but I just prefer to be alone most yeah. of the time. I loved hunting with Zach this year yeah. whenever he had with, with a camera, yeah. I would have that dude with me like every day, like on a hunt, like great dude. But just as far as like, I haven't hunted and spent enough time with enough people yeah. in the woods. That that group is very small. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I've spent time with you yeah. in the woods scouting. I've spent a ton of time with Chad in the woods. And then outside of like those two people. And it got me thinking now too. Because it's like it would probably be like Zach because I've not really ever hunted with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I spent seven days with him, which is probably longer than I've spent with anybody in the woods other than yeah. like my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I had to. Yeah, you because know, different. I guess, like thinking back now, the guys I 
in my you know early twenties, late teens, I homered a few guys when I lived in Maislin, and like this guy Dominic, um, he's my uh, cousin Mike's you know friend. That dude was on another level as far as the deer. Like he's just one of the guys that just got it. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't know. Like you, you scout with him, and you're just like as a kid, it was like oh, I learned so much from him, you know. And like mm-hmm. even like with my dad, like you know, learned so much from my dad and. I was very fortunate enough to like different parts of my life to be around guys that were like, wow, wow. Just, and it's yeah. like, it's, it's neat. Like this old guy that used to live in the town, he was so well-versed on, we used to go out in the woods. I was like 17 or whatever. He would like pick something up. He's like, this is blah, 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 blah. Some weird scientific name. He goes, deer will eat this in October. And like throw it to the ground. You're like, what the fuck is a leaf? Like, I don't know. But like, he was so, cause he was old hillbilly. Like right. he, you know, those times where he fished and hunted to fucking survive. Right. You know, so he was like operated level of like, if I don't kill something, I like, I yeah, die. I need, I, need, I need this to, to And then live. you're like, yeah. and he goes, oh, you can eat that. You can make tea out of this. And he was very like, like very knowledgeable. To Almost woods. like, you know, indigenous. Yeah. Right? And not knowing what you, like, hindsight's 2020, it would have been like, all right, what is this? And write shit down, like really get into that. Cause right. it's like, but he was just like a whole nother level. It's like, he was like an encyclopedia of mm-hmm. like everything that was in the woods and how it could be yeah. used. You know, yeah. it's like, I man, I would love to go hunt with Johnny and scout with Johnny. I mean, and I should just go do it. I mean, he, he invites me, you know, to, to go and I, it's like schedules just never match up or whatever. Or when we're in, he says you can't hang with him anyway. I probably can't, dude. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I ain't going to lie, but I will tell you this, man, you know, not only is Johnny, you know, a killer hunter, great woodsman knows his stuff. I mean, it speaks volumes whenever someone like you, who's as well-versed as you are, is picking stuff up from him. And like, I mean, that's when you know, like a guy's next level, when you have really good hunters that go, man, that stuff, that dude is doing stuff that I'm just like, what is he like? Like he's next level, you know? Um, and Johnny too, he's as far as the hunting, you know, very like like double longer. Like I've been fortunate enough to be around both those guys. I would love to spend some time with double longer They're too. They're super giving. Yes. Yeah. They're unselfish. Yep. It's like, you know, like Johnny, you know, like he, he put that bow on that deer knowing that pretty much what was going to happen, you know, and right. bow kills, you know, 160 inch deer, you know, yeah. and no care in the world, like no nothing. Like we go to his camp, my deer, like super pumped, you know, the deer I killed, even though it really wasn't big, the, the one I killed last year, mm-hmm. he killed and, and Jason killed like that. He, you know, he, this year he put his buddy on, got a nice 10 pointer. He put Bo on, killed that big buck. Like he's mm-hmm. really put three people on. Good deer. Yeah. 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 You know, and I get it. Cause I know that woods, you know, from being with him, like I understand, but Bo don't really know that woods. Johnny, all right, you go here. This was going to happen. Boom, boom, boom. And it happens, you know, his right. buddy, same thing, and he, his people they hunts with, they put the, this old guy uh, cabin next door on a great buck this year. And his buddy Greg that lives out there, mm-hmm. you know, they set up uh, the old guy next door, and you know, he shot a hell of a buck. So right. Johnny's like, "Super, yeah, go here. I see bucks here. Like he could care less if he shoots a deer, right?" You know, and it's, it's so strange because it's like, well, like I want you to kill a deer, you know, like, right? But he's like, you know, it's just, and when his wall is as full as it is, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, and the thing is, is like he has supreme confidence that he's going to get it done in late season. Yeah, like he's got no problem doing that. Yeah. Where I'm going, like, well, he's the kind of guy too. I was talking to Mike Bo's friend, uh, texting him, and they were you know drinking and having a good old time after Bo shot that buck. I'm like Johnny, you're next. He's like, 
if I kill him, my season's over. Like that was wasn't upset that he didn't kill him. He's like, if I kill him now, my season's over. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're a different person if that's what you think about. Like, oh, if I shoot them, well, now I can't kill any, I can't hunt anymore. Like, right? Who does that? Like, I shoot a hundred season deer, eh, but if I shoot it, I'm done hunting. You know, it's like that's just weird. You know, that's, yeah, that's next level. Yeah, it is, man. It's a, uh, and that, he, he's just, and that, and that gets to the point that I was gonna gonna say is like, you know, whenever whenever you're saying like, you, you know, he said you can't hang or whatever, yeah. right? It's he was the first person when I missed that deer in Iowa. He was the first person to message me. Yeah. Like literally, like I mean, it happened, and he was the first person to send me a message and was like, "Hey, dude." You're on him. You got him. Yeah. You know where he's at. You know what he's doing. He doesn't know defeat. He he's does. like, keep, keep getting it. Yeah. You know, and like, and then this year when I hit, you know, hit and lost that deer in Missouri, again, like one of the first people yeah. to message me, like, hey, man, I saw that. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Yeah. You know, you do this long enough, it's going to happen. You know, just get back after it. Go kill another, go kill a different one, yeah. you know? And that's just the type of person that he is, man. And like, and that's one of the reasons why I have as much respect for him as I do, because not only is he, is he a great hunter, but he's the type of person that you want to represent hunting, right? Like you wish that like, like I'm going to be honest, man. If I knew where there was 160 inch nine point. You wouldn't tell that many people. I wouldn't tell a soul. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm not going to, I'm not even going to pretend, you know what I mean? Like, Unless I had one, if, unless I had a, a really good deer yeah. that I was chasing somewhere else, I might, I might tell them, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's the case with him. Like yeah. he's got multiple big yeah. deer that he knows where they're at and like whatever, you know, so it's a little bit, a little bit different, you know, if, cause Chad does the same thing. You know what I mean? We're, we hunt together and it's like, you yeah, know, there's one fifty there. You can go over there. Well, we have like, you know, he's got, I'm exaggerating probably not by very much, but like a hundred cameras yeah. out on this one piece of big woods that we've hunted together. And he was, you know, uh, chasing a really big deer that was world-class and you know i get down and i scout and i hang cameras with him and stuff like that and learn in this particular area there's a spot that people hadn't hunted in probably like four or five years and we went and hung a camera and i was like i'm gonna hunt that spot you know and and he was like man someone should really hunt down here is it because every year there's a big deer you know just historically yeah. from camera information and yeah there was a hundred mid 170s that was hitting a scrape down there and so i was hunting it and like he basically was like, Hey, I know historically where there's like a borderline 160 to 180 yeah. is going to hit this scrape in this four day window. You should probably be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, no, granted, yeah. I, I sat it and didn't see him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, that deer hadn't showed back up on that particular camera yeah. in that area since like mid October, but he was, he was yeah. there. You know, he, yeah, and, people like that are rare, uh, and rare breed. And, you know, even when I take people like my buddy Rick, we, you know, go up to the mountains. He don't really scout or whatever. And I set him up on some deer or give him points and kills a deer. Like, I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't yeah. been to do it that often in my life. But when it does happen, it's like, you know, it's like, right. a, yeah. it's like a little feather in my cap. Like, yeah. Yeah. I had some, I had some, you know, ha- I had a hand in that. You know, right. it's, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's not and like, I wish, and like my buddy Tony, I give him information all the time. He just doesn't listen. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but I mean, Tony did kill a whopper. He killed a dress. It was two hundred five. Wow, six pointer, all deer. Ooh, man, yeah, yeah, Jersey, you know, public. You yeah, know. yeah. I mean, he killed that one when I was in PA. Yeah, and I was well, like, I mean, you do a lot of that type of stuff too, man. I mean, you and I spent a full day last yeah. year scouting property. I do it on that, on the 
you know, the old interweb all the time too. So my old lady would be like, "What are you doing?" It's like people ask me questions. Hold on, you oh, know, yeah, in the middle yeah. of something like ah, because they'll you don't leave somebody hanging. They're asking a question. Like if they're reaching out, you're like I gotta try my best to yeah, you know, because I put myself out there before. So it's like now I'm like I feel obligated. Like well, I need to put myself out there. So I gotta, right. Yeah. And she's like, "You don't need to." I'm like, "I actually kind of do." You know? Nah, yeah. Same man. It's like if anyone asks me to. I don't, you know, to take a look at a map or something like that. I'll give them my two, yeah. my two cents or whatever. I always hedge and say, like, look, I don't know anything about other than what the map is yeah. showing me, and I might be completely wrong. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> disclaimer, this yeah, is just my but this is what I would yeah. do. Like, yeah. this is what I would personally do. Yeah. Like, if I were going to go take a look, like these would be the places yeah. I would look at. You know, and it might be completely wrong, but that would be how I would start. You know, um, but you do that, man. It's like you, you. You came up to PA last off season yeah. and you and I scouted together for a full day, multiple pieces on pieces of that property. Was a fun you hike too. It was, man. Like yeah. for me to drive there, I'm like, man, it's how I'm thinking it's like it's here. I'm like, I don't realize we were like an hour and a half from here. So I'm like, that's really not that bad. I'm like, holy it's like it was another forty minutes away from my house yeah. to get there. Yeah. But uh you know, you came up and scouted that whole piece with me for a full day and with no intention of ever mm-hmm. hunting it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I appreciated that because, you know, I, I I basically scout with Chad. Mm-hmm. That's like my buddy that I go tear the woods apart with. And he's a really good woodsman. Like yeah. he, kn- he knows his stuff, you know, especially when you start talking about big woods and, and stuff like that. Like Chad is, he's been blessed to be in that, you know, have access to, close to access to, you know, the mountains in Ohio, mm-hmm. which is for me. I mean, I, the mountains, wherever I go, is always far. <laughs> yeah. No, same here, man. You know it's what I mean? Like, it's, Jersey, it's three hours. It's like, and there's usually like a two-hour hike involved once they get there. It's like mm-hmm. Johnny's is almost pushing six. Well, at least Johnny's, you're at the like top of the mountain for the most part. You're like mid-level, so you don't have to, you know. Up and down yeah. quite as much, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the the, the spots I'm going to be checking out this off-season are all like big woods kind of settings you know, that are closer to home. You but, know, but still, it's a couple-hour drive yeah, for me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really... Uh, I think for as a for me as a hunter, like evolving as a hunter, as, as I've gone through the years, to hunt in as many different places as possible. Yeah. I think a lot of people get stuck on their little, you know, 200 acres or two pieces, and they're really limited their their knowledge skill set. 100%. You know, and you need to go see things. I mean, like we were talking about the hunting public. That's why those guys are so good at what they do. They've hunted so many different spots yeah. you know, in, in so many different states. You know, they might not all be successful, but you're learning something. You take, you apply this, you apply that. And you, you well, start. because what people, I shouldn't say what people don't realize, what I've started to realize, just being able to hunt, you know, different states and different types of setups. And here in PA, it's like, I'll hunt mountain, yeah. I'll hunt mountaintop swamps. So I'm dealing with elevation, terrain, you know, and, and flat land at different, at different times. I'll hunt, you know, off water access and swampy kind of low lying areas and stuff like that. And then when I travel, it's like I'm hunting, you know, if I'm in Ohio somewhere, it's like I'm hunting big, I'm usually hunting some type of big woods and like mountain terrain or at least hill country or whatever. And then when I go further, whether it's Missouri or whatever, it's like you get a little bit, it's a little flatter, it's a little bluffier or whatever. And so you don't have quite as much terrain or elevation change and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So elevation starts to mean something a little bit different. So you're looking for like really like nuanced little like things that are going to change, like how they're going to move or whatever. But what I started to realize was, is that you'll almost have like micro habitats, right? And so, and I, and I can't remember, I'm trying to think of an exact example of this, but like you'll have something that happens, say like in Iowa, for example, right? Um, and something that you saw, like a habitat that you were hunting, terrain that you were hunting, 
and I might be hunting in Pennsylvania in near a swamp, but the setup almost looks like and feels like a setup that I had in Iowa. And this is what the deer did. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's like a micro habitat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a little section of like this piece that looks and feels an awful lot like something that I saw whenever I was in Iowa, even though I was hunting like more bluffy rolling Hills and stuff yeah. like that, or, or big, like deep ravines, like draws or whatever. This little setup here feels like that little corner that I was hunting. This is how the deer were using it. And so I've started seeing stuff like that to where it's like, you know, from the macro level, yeah, like they're very different. Mm -hmm. But when I start looking at specific little setups and stuff like that, I'll start to see some overlaps in how like. What's, you know, your your line of work, you've worked with different agencies, you've worked with different people, you see different things. You get really good at, you know. Picking up small trends. Yeah. And being a good mechanic, you need to see different things you know yeah. like uh be a good at painter carpenter you know you need to you know see different things be really you know well-versed carpenter you need to have worked on everything from a shitty ass house to like a right. mansion you know and then you're like you can see things you know almost see things before it happens you yeah. play out and you're like oh, i know how this plays out i yeah. know what he's doing now like we scouting with you when it, we've seen that rub line and those things i've seen a couple of those rubs i'm like that's what he's doing you know is there's coming up here because i've seen it you know, in Kentucky, I've seen it in New York, you know, in right. PA, you're like, ah, I've been down this, I've read this book before, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and it, that's why speed scouting, when you get, you know, you see a lot of different terrains, like speed scouting, you can cover a lot of ground fast because you're like, nope, nope, nope. All right, there, mark that, you know, spend yeah. all the time there. Nope, nope, yes, mark this. Right. You know, a lot of people are like, you're so good at it, so natural. Uh, 20 years of You've doing it wrong. Lot. Yeah, 20 years of doing it wrong, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's like that commercial. It's like, uh, I know a thing or two because I've seen a thing yeah, or two. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, like when it, where, uh, Johnny had that camera, that video, uh, that trail camera where, where Bo's buck was mid-October. You know, and that was, you know, Johnny hunted that spot all the time. He's like, yeah, they're in that blowdown. Well, that little, you know, exit rub line, like clockwork. As soon as I seen it, I was like, I know what that is. You know, right. old rubs, new rubs. He's coming out of this blowdown. This is your kill spot. And you know, we actually had a tree right where we had that camera. I had a tree mark. So if I was there or Johnny was there the 16th of October, that they would have been dead. Right. You know, because the per- access with how we lined it up, like this perpetrator is going to come out of there. Boom. That sure enough, it was like he, he did it, you know? Right. Yeah. So, well, man, we've been jamming here for hours. Slapping the bass. Yeah. Slapping the bass. So, uh, <laughs> I think at this point I'll go ahead and release you from jail and let you, uh, let you get on with your day. But before I do that, tell people where they can follow you and find out more about Just the bow hunting fiend. Instagram. If I ever upload my YouTube videos, there's a few on there. Yeah. Some good scouting stuff. Yeah. yeah. OG scouting stuff. The OG. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on, buddy. I always, yeah, always like talking to you, man. And, uh, let's do some off season scout together again yeah, this year. For sure. Awesome. Thanks everyone for listening. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And hell, while you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there as well. I'd be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tether, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Skull Brew Coffee Company, and Maven Optics. And until next time, we'll see y'all.
All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.